This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Welcome to the Nakuda podcast, Parshas Re'ei. And I'm kind of excited about the uh, content of today's podcast. Uh, it's a subject that's quite important to me, and um, I hope it uh, makes sense to you. Uh, every person's, you know, dealing with their own questions and issues and whatever and a very thing a very important thing to remember in general in life is that the Hashem chooses which challenges to give us very carefully you know in terms of the timing when we get them how intense they are um, over what period of time all kinds of that Hashem has uh, in terms of when and why he gives us the challenges that we have but in general and I think most people would agree with this when they're in their better moments anyway, um, that the only real way to make progress is to be confronting a problem. Because if you have a certain issue that you have to deal with and you, you feel you have to solve, then you're going to dig deeper and, and, and uh, invest more into finding a solution for that problem. And also reaching out to Hashem to, you know, to show us the answer, to show us how we can, we can deal with it. And... Um, and that opens up a lot of uh, that simply the willingness to the, the the interest and the willingness to change and to go further and to find solutions or to understandings of things that we didn't really uh, that we're having a hard time you know dealing with. Uh, it's that's really the only way that we can make progress. So uh, with that introduction, um, I will say that I know for me and for a lot of people, uh, one of the uh, uh, main issues that we deal with is having the energy um, to uh, to function properly at our at our best, uh, as, as opposed to just kind of in a minimal way, just to get by in survival mode. But we, you know, the, we really want to make the most of our time and our our efforts. Uh, we have to have a certain level of energy, and a lot of it is dependent on just how we feel on a given day, and that can be not necessarily even physical, it could also be emotional, it could be, you know, due to all kinds of things. I know, personally, I have a problem sometimes waking up in the morning, just, you know, you talk about waking up on the wrong side of the bed. Uh, a person can often uh, have negative feelings or thoughts or, you know, what do they call it, uh, uh, wavelengths, whatever it is that that it is not necessarily rationally attributable to something specific, or at least not that we understand. Um, and we know that there's all kinds of things going on in time and mazolus and, uh, you know, the midas that are, uh, that are associated with every single time, every, every particular time and with the particular neshama and everything else. There's all kinds of stuff going on in the background that we don't understand. The question, we're not necessarily, we're not expected to understand it. We just have to figure out how to deal with it and how to be at our best on a regular basis. I think uh, a lot about, you know, people that have 
professions that require them to you know, be on a professional level or a certain very high performance level, for example, uh, you're talking about performers or or athletes or people like that, that they have to be at a certain place at a certain time and do, you know, a certain thing which requires a tremendously high level of, of uh, efficiency and, and, uh, and uh, you know, inspiration or whatever it is, and they don't have a choice, you know, just to, f- they have to feel good, and they can say, well, I'm just not going to go because I don't feel good. I mean, these are things that are expected of them, their whole career depends on it. So it's, it, it, obviously there has to be a solution, and everybody finds their own solution, but I want to say something that's kind of, you know, based on the Parsha, and uh, I think there's a lot of insight here that we can that we can uh, derive from this, and I think it's extremely important. Um, you know, for Mama's daily life. I, I mean, I remember many, many years ago when I was much younger, and uh, hearing people say, you know, I don't have, I don't have koyach, I don't have, I don't have the, the, the energy to, to, you know, to deal with what's, what I'm having to deal with. And I always felt like, you know, how is it that we can feel that we don't have energy when, when Hashem is the source of all energy, you know? Hashem is just pushing out all that energy. It's, it's so much energy, we, we, we can't even deal with it, you know? And I, and I think of, of Yir Shemayim. Uh, I was just learning last night about uh, the, uh, what the Mornayim says about, about Yir Shemayim being koidim l'chokman. You can't really... It's, it's like the pathway. It's a, it's a gateway to chokman. You can't really get to the higher level of chokman until you have Yir Shemayim. What does Yir Shemayim do? What does Yir Shemayim mean... And I think that Yerushalayim is very much connected to this concept of power. It's 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 on the side of Gevura, which is talking about power, the the, the ability to be mezgaber, to to uh, uh, to override desires and that kind of thing. And um, and and of appreciation of Hashem's power, which is you know the awe. Uh, that's a higher level already of of uh, of. Uh, Yira, and even on the lower level of Yira, which is more a fear of his power over us and his ability to do things to us in our lives, that also, but it's still connected at least to that, that side of, of, uh, of Gevura, and it forces us to take Hashem seriously. You know, as, a, as, a, as a power, as a force in our lives that has to be dealt with and has to be, t- it has to be you know, we have to reckon with that as opposed to a person who's just kind of oblivious or, you know, denying it or, or uh, just completely not in touch with Hashem's power. So on whatever level you relate to that power, whether it's a personal thing that you're afraid of Hashem and, and uh, what he could do to you, or on the higher level of just that being the essence of power itself, being the source of all power that is necessary to create the world and to recreate the world and to sustain the world and, and the universe, all of, all of creation, all of existence. That's a, that's a very, very, very powerful thing. And if a person can connect to that power, then that's something that's going to affect them as well. So this parsha does make a reference to the idea of, you know, re'e, look at what... I am putting in front of you the choice that I'm giving you. It's a it's a choice between brucha and klula. Okay, so Hashem didn't remember Moshe Benin had didn't have to put it that way. Could have said something, you know, just like um, I'm giving you a choice: do the right thing or do the wrong thing. You know, but he he specifically, you know, or follow my follow my instructions. Don't follow my instructions. Fear me or, or don't fear me. Um, you know. Uh, uh, 
agree to follow my instructions or don't, you know, or whatever. That's not how he puts it. He says, look at the bracha or the klola, which is actually, you know, the blessing or the curse. That's the toitsua. That's what's coming out as a result of following my instructions or not. In other words, then it says, the bracha is a shatishmin. If you listen to what I'm saying and take it seriously and do what I'm telling you to do, then you get the bracha. If, or it, re- it results in a bracha. If you don't, then it results in a klola. You can, s- you can see the bracha and the klola. That's it. A, you have, can look at, at metzias, look at existence, look at life, and you can see what happens to people and what happens to the world as a whole as a result of either following and going Hashem's ways or not, listening to him or not listening to him. It was, he's, he's saying, look, open your eyes and see that this is real. This is not some kind of abstract thing that I'm just saying, you know, just believe in me and do what I say and whether you, you know, whether you, you, you may never see any ramifications for it in the world. You are going to see results. As a person changes his life for the better, he, he corrects his ways, he corrects the, 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 uh, the, the uh, mistakes that he made, makes amends for the mistakes, makes a change in the way he operates, and does something differently, he's going to see results from that. That's going to go in, take things in a positive direction. And when you see the bruja, which is, which is available. It was that a person can, you see people who have been, you know, who are really tzaddikim. I'm not talking about the idea of tzaddik raloi again, that's a whole other issue. But b'derechlal in general, you see that the, the, the and they, they, they even have surveys about this in terms of, you know, more religious people that tend to be happier and tend to be more successful, whatever. Uh, otherwise, you know, if you don't, if you don't accept Hashem, this is applicable to Goyim as well. You tend to be less happy and less productive. But the point is that that you you see that in cases where people have seen real brocha in their lives, and I'm not just talking about gashmias brocha, I'm talking about you know a, 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 to, a totality of brocha in terms of, of of their their own lives, their their families, their you know the the the, the dynasty that very often has, has come out you know over generations uh, of people who are Yerushalayim. Um, you see what brocha means. There's a tremendous power to that idea of brocha. And on the other hand, you know, the opposite is also true. You keep see the destruction and the, the uh, uh, total horbin that is created and has always been throughout history. I've always been very conscious of that, you know, looking at the, the, the horbunists in, in, in Jewish history when we didn't follow Hashem's uh, instructions. You know, you talk, look at the era of Shlomo Melech when he did follow Hashem and the tremendous bracha that came out from that and as opposed to the Chorban when they didn't. And, uh, you know, this, it's a very, very stark contrast. And this whole thing that, you know, eventually we'll see with our, uh, our evil and our grisim where they, they went up to the mountains and they made this whole demonstration. First of all, it was a very visible uh, demonstration. It was something that, you know, you, you saw and you heard and it was a very visceral impact that was made, you know, through this this uh, this demonstration, showing that it's it's really tangible. It's something that you could see results. Um, it was very impressive and very very dramatic, and uh, you know that's what Hashem wants to get home to us. There's there's a power involved here, so that also comes down to the idea of yira. He's really not talking about ahava here. He's not saying you know serve me because you love me. You know, it's it's much more. Um, it's much more, this in this particular case. He's uh, emphasizing the aspect of yira, of, of, of the fear and the, and the, the um, sensing the power that's involved. Okay, so that's, that's one thing that 
is a reason why we can't afford to ignore this. And again, uh, one of the ways that we can uh, relate to and connect to the concept of the power in the universe and and how we uh, uh, react to that. Okay, and there's also the concept here is that he's putting the brocha against the klola. He's, it's a contrast of opposites. And that's another thing we see a tremendous... Uh, uh, the, the whole idea of Zohar Nekeva, you know, creating the the the, the, the uh, conception that there's a, there's a male aspect, a female aspect. There's love and there's fear. There's there's all kinds of contrasts of opposites that make something happen. Because when you're faced with a very a very um, uh, powerful demonstration on one side, you have to balance it with a powerful reaction on the other side. It's, you know, this it's a zelu there's, a, there's a, a concept of, of, of a presentation of something that's powerful in one extreme, and then it's, it's balanced by doing something in the other extreme, but the meeting of the two, the fusion of positive and negative, the fusion of, the, of, of, of love and fear, this kind of thing, male and, and female, when they're united together, it releases a tremendous amount of energy, as opposed to just kind of you know, staying in the middle there's an idea of being the middle road, but the middle road is a synthesis of the, the extremes. You know, the, the right, the right, having a strong right side and a strong left side uh, allows you to to pursue a middle path. But just being in the middle, because it, it, you know, there's a concept of fence straddling that you don't want to go to either extreme because you're afraid of uh, of the implications. You just take the middle road because it's it's the path of least resistance, so to speak. Now, that's not really what Hashem wants. Hashem wants us to experience things. In a more in an extreme way, but to ex to to experience the opposite as, as, as also true, and to come to a you know through the synthesis of the two, we come to a uh, a much higher level with the the so-called middle road. Um, so that's or or that the the middle road is defined by the extremes on either end, so that they're you're you're in this matrix. You're, you're like you know it's like 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 holding a ball in the middle. Being being uh, uh, um, suspended by uh, strings that are connected on, on both the right side and the left side, and, and and or or even a magnet or something that's on both on one side and one on the other side that holds the object you know suspended in between because there's a force that's holding it from both sides. So you have to have both forces. So I'm saying the idea of Ahab and Yira are intense. The there's there's a, it's interesting that the, we talk about the Aish. Of Gehenim and the Aish uh, Shalhevis Ka, the, the, the lesson talks about this: that there is um, the, the, the the fire of of the of the side of Yira, the side of, of uh, punishment or or Gvura, is is ultimately is transformed into uh, into the the fires of the passion of Ahava, that you you know the love of Hashem. So there's you know, and the, the Gehenna ultimately becomes Gan Eden. This kind of concept is is a very dynamic way of looking at you know the whole avoida of of a, of a person to experience those, those extremes on both sides. So I was uh, learning the uh, there's a sefer called the Vasit Tzedek from Rabbi Sachov Bear of uh, Zlotchev. He was a Reuven Zlotchev. He was he was a Talmud of Zlotchev, and ultimately he was buried in Svas and his his. Um, his yard site is this Shabbos, Kufhei uh, Kufhei Ov. And 
he has a toy that is very interesting. In the beginning, I didn't appreciate, you know, what he was getting at, but now I, I think I, I understand on a deeper level, and it's also very uh, applicable to this uh, subject. He says there's a pasuk in the parsha about bechol avas nafshechatoyichel bosar. So the very kind of a surprising statement. It's, it's talking about you know the, is, 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 a little meaning would on a simple level would seem to mean you should eat your meat with all of the desire of your heart. In other words, what does that mean? Like or, or your nefesh, your soul. So what does that mean? You, you're you're being instructed to have a lot of taiva for 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 meat. I mean you know. It, Hashem wants us to really desire the meat. I mean, that doesn't seem to make sense. Um, I mean, the whole subject of Taivas of Gashmias is a is a, is a, is, a uh, is a big subject, and that's so. That's what he, he's dealing with. It. He's saying that don't read it that way. Read it that Behol avas nafshecha toichel bosar. Toichel is the idea of of uh, the the word kula. It was a, that it's something that's supposed to be. It's interesting because kola is really with a hay and and, and toichel is with an olive, but whatever. He's, <laughs> the sources are allowed to say things like this. So the, the, you should you should consume this idea of consuming that it gets in a sense destroyed, it gets obliterated, it gets consumed. That the 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 desire for meat, the desire for gashmias, is is supposed to be consumed by the the the, the desire for Ruchnis. In other words, you're supposed to have your ultimate desire, your 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 um, what draws you, what 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 uh, stimulates you, what 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 motivates you is the ruchnis, not the gashmis. To the point where the gashmis, you're actually supposed to despise the desire for gashmis. Now, this is also very important to understand because a lot of people misunderstand this. They think that it's talking about that you're supposed to despise Gashmias. That's not what they're talking about. They're talking about despising the desire for Gashmias. In other words, if 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 a, something in Gashmias is really turning you on, Barnaim also talks about this, you know, from another angle that he's saying that the that the you're given a desire which is coming from the side of love, actually. Uh, have a, that you you have a, a, a cheshik, you have a desire for something in Gashmias as a way to awaken that same mida in Ruchmias because you realize it's a fallen mida and you want to turn it around and then use that same power of that desire only direct it towards its real source and it's where it really comes from which is the love of Hashem so that that itself becomes becomes the the, the source and the stimulus in, in a very direct you know dynamic way for loving Hashem here he doesn't mention specifically that concept but he's talking about the fact that if a person realizes out of the very fact that he has this desire for the Gashmias, whether it's eating or you know whatever it is that he every person has a thing that turns them on that you know that stimulates them that, that, that you know gives them a uh, that, that intrinsically connects to their neshama as something that they really want they desire it it it, it, it and the, the effect of that really is that it gives them energy because the the the, the fact that this uh, uh, you know connects to the neshama on such a, a deep level means that that is actually um, stimulating something on a very deep level. But it's not meant to be left with that. In other words, a child obviously doesn't have a desire for, for ruchnias in general, you know, in general sense, uh, generally speaking, but 
he has desires for other things. I mean, you know, a child could have desires for, for, for candies, for, for toys, for all kinds of things that they like to do, jumping around, you know, all kinds of things. But obviously as they mature, what's intended to take place is that rather than leaving those desires on that Gashmis level, that we begin to develop the neshama to the point where we realize that the neshama desires it, it, it desires ruchnius. And not only that, the, the Shoma desires to control, which means to be misgaber, again, using the middle of Gvura to control those Gashmiyastika uh, uh, desires and, and, and tendencies. And because he realizes as he gets, as he gets more mature and older and you know, uh, understands what Ruchnius is about, he starts to, to understand that the real power and the real desire is in Ruchnius. And compared to that, a desire for Gashmias is is despicable. I mean it's it's a low level, it's prost, it's 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 vulgar, it's it's earth earthy. It's it's not something that we do not want to encourage. And in fact, when we see that it's starting to take control, which can lead to all kinds of affairs also obviously, we want to control it with the with the Ruchnius, which means that the desire for Ruchnius has to be stronger. And, and be able to dominate the, the desire for Gashmis. So that is what the, the, uh, the Mavasadi is basically saying here. He's saying that, that it's a question of where the real power is, where the real energy is. And if we're able to relate to the energy on a higher level, then we're, we're, able, to, uh, we're, we're able to be misgaber on the desire for the Gashmis, which is on a lower level. Now, the desire has to be there. You know, the, the idea of tisave, that you have to have a desire, yes, but you know, if you're just doing the ruchnius, you know, in, in a forced way because you because you've been told to do it and you kind of you're, you're stuffing yourself down in order to do it, so that's that's just using the gira. You have to counter that with the ahava, which is the desire for something that you want to be connected to, to be to be to, you know to 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 uh, uh, have this this yichud with. That's an idea of coming together. The, the year is more an idea of a distance. The idea of, of a hava is coming together, coming close. And that is something that gives us the motivation. So when we are faced with a situation where we are, um, we, have, we, we, we feel a desire for some of the Gashmis, or even when we feel that the Gashmis is having control over us, which is the case when we feel a tired, for example, the body is telling us we're tired, we don't have koyak, we can't do this, you know, just go to sleep, you know, sometimes, if it's not appropriate or whatever, sometimes you have to give in, you know, if it's for health or whatever, but if it's not an appropriate thing, and we, we know that we have to exert ourselves, and we know that we have to, you know, we have to, to, to get over that, um, it's, it, 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 rather than just, you know, taking a coffee or just doing something gashmias to fight the gashmias, if we can, we can use that desire or that weakness itself to be misboinen on where is the true energy coming from. And then if we could relate to the energy itself in terms of looking at its 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 uh, its, its its source, which is really the Shem Havaya, you know, I mean if you can this is the whole concept of, of being misboinen, you know, meditating a little bit on the on the Seder Ishtalshlis of how the how the the, uh, the universe was created um, through the Shem Havaya. Uh, that can put us into a t- totally different frame of mind and actually result in a physical experience of energy 
there's, um, I study the, uh, the Kavonis of the Ramak and the Rosh Krovero on the Siddur. There's a Siddur called Tzil and the Moshe. As opposed to, I don't, I don't deal with the Arizal's Kavonis, but I do study the, the Ramak's Kavonis. And when you see the process that's involved in what he's bringing down in terms of the way the Midas relate to each other, and, and Kabbalah is all about the way Midas connect and, and the process that go on between the Midas. And, and it's all about the transference of energy. It's all about bringing energy down from a higher source into the world and thereby connecting the physical world with its, with its, its Rukhniya source, and also the Midas themselves, in terms of how each one connects with another. And the whole idea is through the synthesis of Midas, the, the, the connection between Ahav and Yir, the connection between, uh, let's say, Tiferes and Malchus, which are also Zohar and Nekeva, all of these different things that are going on and, and, and connecting it back up to, to, to you know, uh, uh, to, to Keser and, 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 and how Bina comes down, all of these things are talking about the movement and the, the interaction and the juxtaposition of midas. And within ourselves also, if we realize with our own emotions and our own understandings, when we're able to connect two things and fuse two things into a higher synthesis, that is going to release this type of energy into the creation. That's really our avoider. That's what we're here for. We're here to, to aid and abet that that spiritual process that ultimately releases um, this this kind of energy into in, into the world. So you know that's our avoidant. That's what we're here for. So rather than avoiding those times, look at times like that as an opportunity to really you know try it out. You know uh, use it as as as, as a, uh, uh, an opportunity to because again if we didn't realize the problem was there if we weren't confronted with that we were just you know easy you know clear sailing everything's just kind of easy you know and everything just kind of flows you know and you have a natural energy then you don't have to worry about it but when you have times where you do have to to deal with it rather than avoiding it or rather than finding some kind of a you know external uh, uh pill or something that's going to that's going to that's going to you know help you deal with it try to get to the ruchnistic source and try to realize that this is exactly what hashem wants to train us to do is to Connect to the Rukhmi source and bring down the energy with that. So I hope that's helped somebody to, you know, to, to maybe look at this from a different, uh, from a different angle and, um, and uh, we should be able to apply these kinds of things in our daily life.